Oh. Hey. What's up? <laughs> I, I, I was going to put on that. I was going to put on that Led Zeppelin song that. Ah. Oh, you, you'd be facing copyright infringement. We'd be, you know, you'd be facing some serious legal uh, hardships in, in 2021. As if 2020 wasn't hard enough, you'd be now going against Led Zeppelin for the usage of their song on a, on a live YouTube yeah. video. Not so a good made, way to start the year off, my friend. I made the last second decision to try and cue it up to the like the haunting season credits part, and then we're live. So here we are. Hey, what's up? Here we are. So <laughs> how's how's things going? What do you do? It's so weird to meet like you here at this hour. I know, I know. I'm usually like asleep by now. It's five o'clock. <laughs> five o'clock Pacific time, man. You're yeah. sawing logs. No, I'm usually I'm usually coming in from a brisk walk with my wife and the dogs and getting ready to make dinner. Uh, but tonight, tonight we're going live. This is very this is live. a very special night. This is the first. Uh, well, this is 2021 and this is it live. Is. So it is it is now what this is January 7th. Of yeah. 2021. I'm not quite sure. I've had all like social media, all TV off for the past couple of weeks. So I'm just assuming like, you know, things are bright and cheery out there and i mean everything everything seems to be going i mean smoothly and going well i mean you know 2020 ended you know i mean it's 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 sour and dour and it's it's gross but there are some positives that we're looking forward to and i think the last thing i saw was that georgia you know which i don't want to get all political or anything like that you know because the coronavirus is just raging throughout southern california oh my gosh it's terrible the the one thing is is that Georgia won, but everything else it seems as though we're headed towards like a peaceful trans uh, what do you, the transition for the oh yeah totally totally normal nothing to bad happened totally normal. Uh, hey, how are your holidays? How are your holidays? Uh, the holidays. Uh, uh, well, okay, I'll, I'll tell you what the holidays were quite quite good. You know, I, I gotta I I gotta tell you the. Um, I, I I figured out I realized that a turkey dinner is a turkey dinner no matter what. Yeah. No matter what, you can have a twelve pound bird in that oven, but you can also just open your fridge and take a, a deli slice of uh, Oscar Mayer turkey and then wash that sucker down with some <laughs> uh, uh, uh you know some uh, mustard and you got to you know what is a turkey dinner? What is a turkey dinner? Uh, I also realized that um. I, I I was only suffocating one person with my terrible personality, and that was just my 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 fiance, future wife Jessica. I, I didn't have to bring my terrible personality out to other families and out to the world, you know. So it was just it was just here with um, Jessica. Yeah, uh, likewise. Uh, Court, Courtney and I we baked cookies all day, and I made a, a whole chicken, um, and we just uh, we ate through the holidays nice was, well that's uh, great and we did uh probably i think six hours of zoom calls on christmas day it was amazing we're getting shout outs for our shirts i don't know if everyone oh my god shirt. are you serious my whole shirt death here, death by pizza. pizza yeah i'm lactose intolerant and pizza is one of my favorite foods so i thought it was an appropriate shirt you got santa clara santa carla carla, santa carla. yeah it's the lost boys you know the oh. the Lost Boys movie. It, it says you're "Death Capital of the World." Yeah, yeah, you're, you're one, one of us. us. Uh, so I got that was actually a, a little uh, Christmas gift from uh, my future sister in law. 
And I was like totally taken by it. I was like, what the hell? How do you know I love freaking Lost Boys? She like, hey, she knows me. She knows me. <laughs> that's so amazing. Yeah. I love that. So um, that's, uh, I, we also put mirrors. I became kind of a somewhat of a carpenter uh, for the holiday season. I put up mirrors so it looked like we had a lot of people here. Just for the holiday season, huh? Just for one night. Really, it was a Christmas Eve kind of Christmas Day sort of thing. So we were like mingling. And my actually, I I, I was saying my fiance, she's we're now facing trouble because she was uh she was mingling with other people. If you don't, you know, I wasn't comfortable with who she was talking to when yeah, we kinda, were just in a room full of mirrors. Kevin McAllister, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hey, well, uh, yo, I like it's the beginning of 2021. At the beginning of 2020, we didn't even know we were gonna be relaunching this show, um, and and then in like September, maybe or August. Yeah, I think it was probably end of, of summer. It, and then we just like rammed into it. I feel like um, I had those two weeks off. We had those two weeks off, um, and it felt like an eternity but it also went by really quickly and then i started getting like really nostalgic uh and like being like I can't, I can't believe haunting season came back i can't believe how much we did at the end of the year we did so many episodes yeah like back to back every week it's been insane um so i kind of wanted to reflect a little bit on that and be like it's only been a couple of months and i feel like we're like up and running and kind of finding our feet and doing cool things we have a ghost now. Oh, he's on that. Oh, side. yeah. Old Fast Eddie, right? Yeah, Eddie Spaghetti. <laughs> Eddie Spaghetti. How's how's he doing? How was he? Does he deal with fireworks okay? Uh, do you have fireworks on the on the uh, you know New Year's? Yeah, he kind of kind of like shakes, but like his temperament is fine. Okay. You know? Yeah, and how would you describe like overall as having him now as a as a ghost mate? Uh, is, is is like does he get up and like oh man I'm gonna check the fridge or I'm the heat is it's just too hot in here I gotta turn down the heat or we're it's kind of like we're kind of on different schedules because I'm I'm more of like a morning and daytime person we cross paths a little bit I get up at like five thirty sometimes and like we'll pass cross 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 paths a paths, little bit paths cross <laughs> uh, yeah and uh you know sometimes on the weekend courtney i'll stay up and watch a movie until like 11 or something but for the most part you know we don't really bump into each other all that much we've been meaning to go on more photo shoots it's just been crazy out there in california um, yeah with the with the covid and all that and, but and with the dogs um is he good with the dogs i wonder if he like his you know he's got his little uh sheet if he's like hey can you watch it or if the dogs are like hey i don't like edgar being around here i don't like him roaming around in the kitchen at you know three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning it really first they used out. to they used to bark a little bit um you know late at night and that would wake us up but you know we'd just be like that's just edgar it's fine the the main thing is he ends up chasing courtney around if she gets up to use the oh no night, and then that becomes a whole thing and then we've got to like you know everybody's got to take a moment to calm down and be like, Hey man, you can't be doing that. Yeah. Can't be doing that all the time. Disrupts me. It disrupts her. You know, is this roommate right. stuff really? Absolutely. Absolutely. And does he um, have a place? Go ahead. Well, I was going to change the subject. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'll, 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 uh, I'll blog about this later. You may have, yeah, more questions to be answered in the future. I'm working currently with Edgar on an origin story that uh, will come out at some point this year. But I wanted to show you what came in the mail 
the other night right before bed. It was like 9 p.m. And I was like, oh, okay, a really weird box. Okay, so wait. This remember we ended because you got haunted by some <laughs> damn doll. So are we ending short here tonight? Because we're only no, what no, like no. seven minutes into the show, no, and now you're getting up receiving mail. This is a good thing. That thing's still. I'm I'm not quite sure where it is. It keeps ending up in different spots. But um, no, what what uh, this is a very good thing. This is something that we helped contribute to. Oh, early one on. for you, one for me. They're the hardcover. Um, oh my gosh augmented reality charged uh comics uh graphic novel yes They're absolutely beautiful uh so just one more shout out to tom uh tom burgess or tw burgess however you want to be credited but uh these came so i'm going to be dropping one off at your house safely um in the next couple of weeks and at the back if you go to the uh the very last page here it says in the special thanks, Joshua Sterling Bragg and Cody Dugan at Haunting Season. How did he spell how did he spell my name right? Uh, C-O-D-Y-D-U-G-A-N. Yes. All right. Good man. Good yeah. man. Esquire the third. <laughs> um, so just wanted to uh, you know, kind of bring that whole story to fruition. Um, we actually got copies of it. And that's right. It's a beautiful thing. book, beautiful comic, beautiful stories. And uh, you know, just going off of classic horror, horror. Yeah, I can't I can't wait. I I've invited Tom back anytime he does a project like this because I just think it's the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, moving along here. I wanted to spend some time tonight talking about our favorite movies, and I wanted to invite back in the guy running the show, uh, our producer. Patrick, oh my God! Who we all uh, know is Bubsy. Bubsy, old Bubsy, old Bubsy, there he is. Bubsy. I had any idea I was going to have to keep that voice up. Bubsy would have never <laughs> been born. Bubsy would have stayed just yeah, in our yeah. figment of imagination forever. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to, uh, you know, like we we kind of talk about it from time to time, but I, I want to know what people's all-time favorite scary movies are uh, and talk about them and, and find out what you guys think are scary about it, what's enjoyable about it, why you like scary movies. So, Cody, I'm throwing you the ball first. What's your all-time favorite movie? Well, it was, I, I, I think I, I said the Herbie Herbie goes to Monte Carlo, which, you know, he chases down. He's, he's, you know, put out to Europe and he's, he chases down and he eats Don Knotts. No, but my, like one of my favorites, it's so weird in the, in the, like the, well, coming, well, last couple of weeks. So the changeling has always been my number one. I, I, mm -hmm. I've always loved the changeling mm -hmm. uh, with George C. Scott. There was the one with uh, Angelina Jolie, which was about like um, I, I think a kidnapping or something. I never saw oh, that. That's one. just Changeling, I think. Okay, and then uh, Doctor Strangelove now seems like I'm I'm I watched that one here recently, and I was like, and seeing what's unfolding, I'm like, oh my god, you know, is yeah. is this, have you seen you've have you both seen that? No, no, no. I so why? why what's yeah, Doctor Strange? Give us like the the the, the quick synopsis for those who haven't seen it. Josh, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Please, I haven't I haven't seen it in me. Oh my god! Okay, so it's a it's a Stanley Kubrick flick. It's got uh, Peter Sellers and a a guy has basically a war general has hijacked the codes 
and he's got codes to to bomb like Russia and uh, drop nuclear weapons all over the place. And he okay. thinks he's talking about fluoridation and saying that there's been some sort of infiltration through fluoridation. What's uh, fluoridation? Well, like water and stuff like that, and that everyone is now like oh. communist, and they're being slowly taken over by like these like Russian and Chinese. Uh, there's like this insurgence, and right. he is the only one who's aware of it. But he ho oh. he's also in charge, and his assistant is going, um, who's played by Peter Sellers, and Peter Sellers plays like nine different characters in this movie. He's going, um, good sir. He's lost his mind. Basically, his name is Jack D. Ripper. Is is the is the general. Okay, and then his assistant, who's played by Peter Sellers, is like trying to just follow orders, but also realizing like General Jack D. Ripper has completely lost his marbles, and I need to try to bring him back to some sort of reality, so we're not going into some sort of uh, World War Three. So it's like a Terminator. Like I got to get in there and change the future. Yeah, exactly. And but also trying to placate to this this maniac, and I, I'm seeing things unfold now where it's like, oh my gosh we're in this world where we've got a lunatic madman who's been banned from Twitter, but can still run, you know, nuclear codes, you know, he's in charge of everything. And it's like, what are his, so everybody's leaving. <laughs> so I've got one question for you before I stray us away from politics again. Um, <laughs> does art imitate life or does life imitate art? Is it either or? So the changeling. Or? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I Cody, uh, I watched it. I uh, you you brought up the changeling so many times. I I, yeah, I love that movie. It, I watched it. I watched it. I watched it. I finally. Watched All right. It. So what did you think? What did you think of the movie? Uh, well, sir, um, I loved it. I it's it's your classic haunted house story. Uh, where I it reminded me a lot of like a few things. So the score reminded me a little bit of Back to the Future at times because it had that like. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Doodle -doo 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 that you hear kind of at the beginning, you know, when he's like, oh, something's afoot. Yeah. Um, so that was a really interesting <laughs> reference. I It made me wonder, like, if it's the same person who scored it or if there was influences mm. taken from that or if it's just a coincidence. Um, and then the story reminded me of a more modern uh, story that is one of my favorite horror movies. It's in my top five list, which is The Ring, because there's this haunting and there's an investigator who's like, not really an official investigator kind of going out and doing things and getting their hands dirty and trying to solve the mystery and trace things back to the origin of like, how did this happen and how can I solve it? And that is my favorite kind of story because it puts the average person in control of this out of control situation. And the only thing they can do is hmm. dig deeper. Hmm. Wow, Josh, yeah. that, that was deep. I yeah. loved it. That's awesome. I haven't seen it either. I'm sorry. I'm the worst other person to have at the, on at this point of the show, <laughs> but it, I'm psyched because I love horror, but I also like, I've gotten saturated on, on horror that just like, doesn't cut it. So I I'm very like picky now, but these both are great endorsements for each of these movies. So this is exciting. Wait, Cody, what makes the changeling your favorite oh my horror movie? Well, when I, I I saw it first when I was a kid, like very like very young, and it was one of the first horror flicks that I ever saw. And I just remember being struck by like um, the ball coming down the stairs, the wheelchair. I remember vividly, and then also like the voices, and then also there's the scene where they get the psychic in, and they just give her paper, and she's just staring off into like the distance, and she's like saying all these things and then uh george c scott plays 
the stuff that he's recorded later and he's like, oh my God, it's matching exactly what she's saying. And you hear this like faint, like little kid's voice in the distance. Uh, and then also the banging, like when he first like goes to the place and there's just like this boom, boom, boom. And you're like, where the hell, what is this coming from? But you don't know. And then you start seeing these images of a kid being like drowned in a, uh, a tub. And that's where the, the, you know, this, so, but then I didn't understand until much later that there was also like it, it, there's a different story. It's a mystery. It's like a crime mystery story in which a a kid has been killed because he was in a wheelchair and they wanted to have, they were, they came from like a political powerhouse. uh, Yeah. And so they were like, we can't have this person be in charge because he's in a wheelchair we need this person to be in charge who is fit and sturdy. So they, you know, so they, they get rid of the, the child. Yeah. That was the mistake. The things that freaked me out the most, one, definitely the wheelchair. I was surprised. Like I, I got legit like pins and needles, like hair standing on end with the wheelchair, um, like inanimate objects moving and people running away and they're like coming at you faster and faster. That stuff freaks me out. Um, and the, I thought it was so cool how the necklace comes out of the ground. Yeah. Yeah. When they're going digging. Yeah. Yeah. They must've like shot it in reverse or something because it just like kind of comes, this golden necklace comes out of like the dirt. Um, it was really cool. So I looked up a couple of, uh, lesser known facts about this movie, Cody, to see if I could, uh, make you love the movie even more. So did you know that this movie was based on true events that the writer Russell Hunter experienced? Yep. In Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. At the Henry Treat Rogers mansion. Okay. Did you know that they couldn't find a suitable mansion that was scary enough to make the movie in? No, I did not so, know that. So what they That's did was intriguing. they spent $200,000 on putting a creepy Victorian facade on a normal modern home. And then all of the interiors were an elaborate series of sets inside of the studio. So wow. they just... They, they... <laughs> So it, like it takes place in what Seattle or something like that, right? It's like either is it is it Seattle? It ta- no, I think it takes place in Canada, but they shot okay. a bunch of it in Chicago and Seattle or something like that. And then there was some stuff that was filmed in Pennsylvania. And then the wind, <laughs> the sound of the wind was recorded in California in like Palm Springs. Yeah, there were all kinds of like weird facts like that about this movie. I just know that, like, I knew about the, uh, what, what, I knew, like, Scorsese had, uh, said that this was one of his, uh, favorite flicks of, well, like, one of his favorite horror flicks of all time. And then also, I knew, like, this was based, because I was like, oh, I got to find out more about this. Is this based on a true story? Is this like, because the Kennedys had some sort of story where they, you know, had, like, some sort of sister and they kind of hit her because she had, like, Rose, some sort of mental right? disorder. What was it? Is it Rose? Rose Kennedy? What, what did she have like some sort Maybe. of mental disorder or some sort there's, of physical? Yeah, I'm gonna butcher it, but like you're yes, there's there's a member of that family who was institutionalized because of her health condition. The family basically, you know, I, I don't want to butcher it too much further, but yeah, there's there is something there, right? So I was thinking, is this based on some sort of story? And then because I, I was thinking, oh, they maybe they borrowed it from the Kennedys, or maybe they borrowed it from some sort of other, you know, what whatever. But then to find out that this actually was like a house in. Denver, Colorado. I was like, I was blown away. So what did the guy, what was the real story though? Like, so what did the guy experience that he built, he based the movie on? 
don't know, stuff in the movie. I didn't look into it. I just was like, that's cool. Oh. <laughs> I see. Okay, got it. Also, I should watch the movie. Then the question will be up. much better informed. Yeah, we only have so much time here. So yeah, yeah, we got, we got, we got to keep rolling. We got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. Yeah, Come on, yeah. now next. So, Cody, you watched my favorite movie. I watched your the favorite thing. Movie. No, you watched my yeah, yeah. The thing, John Carpenter's the thing. Oh yeah, right. I love. I, I mean, I, I I saw that movie in the theater uh, quite a few times. I, it's always been one of my favorites, and it's like, I, I think it's become like a cult classic because I remember as a kid, it was just always something you found at like Blockbuster or at your local VHS store, and it was it was always available. No one was no one was renting that the thing, you know, the the, yeah. the John Carpenter the thing, and. So I always watched it in like sleepovers and Halloween, you know, parties or whatever. We'd always watch the thing. And it was always supposed to be like a scary movie, but it was like so it always like it was just so great. And I love John Carpenter. Um, but then Jess and I, we watched it last night and it'd been a while. It'd been maybe about eight years. And I was, uh, let me just turn up the lights here real quick. <laughs> oh, just using a little, uh, wow. It but holds I, up. Yeah, I. Uh, it holds up, and that's but that's for one one reason alone. It's practical effects. They tried to do a prequel to this movie, um, and they had they got this practical effects house to do all of these incredible incredible practical effects to try and like match the production level of the original. And some executive producer or something um, decided to put CGI over everything, and the movie was a tremendous flop. And uh, huh. the people who did the special effects, the practical effects, uh, they posted stuff on YouTube. I, I believe you can still find it of all the behind the scenes of what they were planning to do. And it's incredible. It's like people split in half with a second head over here and you can't tell which one is the person and which one is the prosthetic until they start talking. Um, just like crazy, crazy stuff. But it was such wow. a bummer. Such a bummer. It's, it's an amazing movie, and I, I, I was really. It's, it's still like. It, it, I think a lot of people will be like, oh, because you watch some sort of movies, horror flicks from the eighties, nineties, and you go, oh my god, that's so outdated. It's so blah 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 blah, and the effects really are just tough to watch. It's still. I mean, it's, it's great. Uh, whoever was the makeup artist, I don't know if it was Tom Zavini or whatever, but it, 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 it really holds up. The story is now like so. I think what you were saying at one point in time is about like the AIDS, like it came out during the AIDS sort of uh, pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, because you can't tell if someone has the thing inside of them um, unless you do a blood test, like that idea wasn't lost on John Carpenter, that there were similarities between that and the AIDS crisis. Oh, and I, I've been watching Eli Roth's a history of horror um, and it's, it's two seasons of like hour long, uh, documentary style and they'll like pick, uh, monsters or they'll pick ghosts or they'll pick haunted houses and just go for an hour into that with like all the best directors and like even people like Jack Black and Elijah Wood, uh, Quentin Tarantino, like Rob Zombie, everybody is in this show for one reason or another, whether they played a character or directed something or wrote something. Um, and yeah, that was, that was one of the things that I'm loving learning from that show is why films are made at certain points. Like what inspires these films yeah. either indirectly or what, what kind of, how it's, you know, directly commentating on what's happening in society. Great flick. Yeah. And and now with this, the, you know, the virus, it's like, it's, and then like, see them all be like, all right, you've got a quarantine. We've got to lock everybody down. And it's like, holy shit, this is like, so like real. And this is oh. like now. 
a lot of things are feeling more relevant. Uh, Courtney and I just watched Sha Shaun of the Dead. Um, oh, yeah. Break, and they, boy, that film feels different now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's what's wow. also like very funny is you, you watch certain horror flicks and you go, don't go that way. Everyone knows not to go that way or don't do that. But then people do that. And then now it's just like, yeah, of course people would do that. It, there's no surprise. But now you even think of that. And you're like, oh boy, I guess, you know, these horror directors and writers knew exactly what people would be doing. So uh, the thing is my all time favorite movie. I've seen it in the theater once. I saw it in Brooklyn um, and uh, I've seen it on tape a couple of times. And I think the first time I watched it, it was on VHS. I'm not 100% sure. But the thing that I love about it so much is those practical effects and the, yeah, the level of weirdness. I had never seen in anything before that. I've, I don't think I've ever seen it in anything after. Like Freddy Krueger kind of gets there. Um, the movie House has like a weird mutant creature in the closet. Um, but nothing that's just like time after time after time just surprising you throughout the whole 90 minutes in the movie um and then the so music too. i oh, like yeah. i love all like john carpenter just has a way of just having like setting up the perfect like music or yeah. you know score it's just like him and a keyboard with like yeah. two fingers and it's, that's, that's it. all you need so here's some interesting trivia i looked up um so to give the illusion of an icy antarctic conditions the interior set that was in Los Angeles sound stages were refrigerated down to 40 degrees Fahrenheit when it was well over 100 degrees outside. So the whole crew and everybody was freezing. Wow. Yikes. Wow. When it came out, people hated it. And it was John Carpenter's <laughs> really? like biggest, like he he always got hurt when things didn't do well in the theater, but this one hurt him the most. And he not only lost sleep over this, but he lost jobs. He was signed up for bigger and bigger deals leading up to this with the movie studios. And after it had a tremendous flop, he lost they pulled the plug. those contracts. Yeah. And Dang. his whole career wow. redirected. He could be a completely different stature. So was that a blessing or a curse? Because John Carpenter continued to kick ass. Yeah. Like what came next? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I do know that the film started to pick up popularity when it came out on VHS and when they released it on television. Um, so just like the whole movie theater experience, people were like, it's gratuitously gory for absolutely no reason. There's no like substance to this. And, and like everyone who loves it now is like, it's the perfect horror film. Well, that should be a mission, like a message to everybody is like, Hey, if you're told you suck or you stink or whatever, just keep going, you know, don't just quit. Keep going. Just keep going. If, you, you. if you're passionate about something, right. Be you and be, you know, be, you know, be uh, willing to be like fail, like be like okay to fail. So despite the fail, speaking <laughs> of going on, despite the failure, he considers this the first of his apocalypse trilogy, which includes Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness, In the Mouth of Madness, neither of which I've seen or heard of. I don't know either of those films. Do you? I think I remember seeing like uh, movie billboards for him, but I, those are those are two I haven't seen. So interestingly, the thing was 1982. Prince of Darkness was 1987, and In the Mouth of Madness was 1994. And he made a couple of movies in between the thing and uh, Dark Prince of Darkness, and then again between that and The Mouth of Madness. So it's just kind of interesting, like how that tracked for him in his career too. 
Yeah, and I, I think I read something that E.T. came out either the year before or the same year, like a month earlier or something. And that he thinks had part of the reason like people wanted like a, a wholesome alien, not like a terrifying oh. alien. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, that would totally be. Yeah, he did Starman, too, right? Yeah, he did. 84. Um, and then this piece of trivia links us into Patrick's favorite horror movie. So the film <laughs> budget for the thing was $15 million. At the time, it was his biggest budget for anything he had done yet. Um, and it was substantially higher than the average horror films at the time. Friday the 13th, which was 1980, had cost $700,000. And John Carpenter's original movie, Halloween, 1978, was $375,000, which is tiny, tiny indie movie level. Mm -hmm. Wow, the return on that investment. <laughs> yes, which we will get to in a moment. But Patrick, why is Halloween your favorite movie? I just rewatched it today. Oh, really cool. All right. I don't, you know, I've been thinking about that since we started talking about this. And when I, you know, I remember my brother and I, we watched a lot of horror movies as, a, as kids, but Halloween was legit scary. Like that was the one that disturbed us. And I just remember being frightened by it and i think back to like the suspense and the music and all the just anticipation and space of that film was just so nerve-wracking and then i think donald pleasance man like that guy sold the hell out of michael myers he's like the best he's like the paul bearer to the undertaker right he just makes the mythology of michael myers come to life in this incredible way. And I, I loved, I just believed everything that man did. So I was in, I was in for the Michael Myers journey. Cool. I the, So I didn't watch any slasher films until well after college. I never got the attraction to it. I didn't, um, like in, in college, Saw was coming out or may, maybe even Oof. the second one had come out. And so that was like the birth of the term torture porn. Um, yeah. And so in my head, it, it was all one and the same, like all slasher films must be about torturing people and gratuitous mm -hmm. violence. And I was at my cousin's house on one of my ghost hunting trips and it was happened to be over Halloween. Um, we were actually presenting at um, Cryptonomicon, um, which is the horror Whoa. convention in um, Minneapolis. And she was like, do you want to watch Halloween? And I was like, oh, I guess so. And she's like, I love Halloween. And I was like, really? Because she doesn't watch a lot of movies. Um, and so we watched it and I was like, oh, I had no idea. And then immediately we watched Friday the 13th after that. And it was just like, I get it now. Because they're campy, they're fun. Um, they're, they're not torturous or gratuitously violent. There's like so much story there that I didn't realize. Yeah, I mean it's great. I mean they're both, but well, Halloween in particular, it's ultimately a family story in a, in, a, in a few ways as well. And that relationship between Michael and his sister kind of drives the whole thing. And um, uh, yeah, there's something like really, and Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie too. Like her performance as well is just, you know, it's it goes well above and beyond the scream queen kind of genre tropey thing in the same way that these, uh, you know, go beyond the like bad rap slasher films can get. Cause there are, you know, there are, there are definitely cringy moments, you know, looking back on it now, 40 plus years later, uh, where we are in society and technology, but at its core, there's a real story there. There's a real great sense of suspense. And I also think the psychology of Michael Myers, and this is one of the things I love too about the reboot from 
like two Halloweens ago. Um, that came out, I, and I thought they did a really good job with the Michael Myers character. His psychology, you know, he, like a lot of the monstrous, they, they, they move slow, and you don't exactly understand, like, how'd you get from there to there? But there seemed to be rules and a psychology to the way Michael Myers operated that just made him particularly ch bone-chilling. And I thought they did a really great job in the reboot. Whoever played him, the way he carried that character, it was like, oh, yeah, that's Mike Myers. Yeah, that's that guy. I, I love. I thought that guy did a great job. Cool. I got. I gotta watch my way through the whole series now. Well, Halloween I mean, takes a weird turn where it becomes like this, uh, like costume place. It it, it really like because the producer and and also John Carpenter like took off, and so it 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 takes a weird turn. It goes all way off. But I love the 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 first Halloween in that like when you're talking about Michael Myers is like he seemed as opposed to some of the, like the Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger, you know, it was like, it's like, okay, we get it. He's not going to die. He's just going to chase you down and blah, 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 blah. But Mike Myers actually seemed like, no, he's, he's real and he's, he's calculated and he's, he's going to, you know, come after you and he will kill you. And he also feels pain. Like, you know, you, you know, he gets stabbed at one point in time. Yeah. The music is huge. Also like the, like camera angles inside the cars and like the dopey, like teenagers that are like, Oh man, what are you going to do for prom? And just like this innocent, <laughs> but this impending doom that, you know, and like just the one scene I, I remember in particular is like where they come to the, uh, the, 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 the loony, you know, the loony bin and you see all these people like in the middle of the rain and Donald Pleasant yeah. is like, Lock the doors. <laughs> What's happening? <here? laughs> you know, and there's like this panic, and it's like, holy shit! And then next thing you know, he's on top of the car, and you see yep. all this stuff, and he's breaking in, and it's like, holy! And he you know, breaks the glass with the yeah, his hand. Yeah, and then they're driving around, you know, and you see they're getting tailed by this car. It's just so. It's at that time, you know, in for like one of your first horror flicks, it's like. Wow, it really it really sticks with you, and it it's just like that classic boogeyman kind of uh, you know story. But what's great too is like that's a realistic beginning. It, it it makes the monster real because we the first thing we see before we see him terrorizing, we hear rumors about a guy Mike Myers. We see the you know the the, the gates are down and the the, the crazies are free, and yeah. this guy like you just said breaks glass with his hands. So they establish yeah he's phenomenally strong. He was locked up. Now he's free. And, and welcome to Haddonfield. Yeah, yeah. You know? like, so <laughs> what, they give you enough that it's not just based on, you know, rumor and legend. So there's something that makes it all the more, I guess, like scary because it feels more possible right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. It's um, great work. So here's a little bit of trivia that maybe you do or do not know. Halloween is one of the most successful independent films of all time. So I mentioned that it they spent $375,000 uh on the film soup to nuts it made 47 million dollars jeez wow. and counting and counting. and counting and counting um it was originally called the babysitter murders but uh to reduce costs they decided to have it all take place on one day and the the way that would reduce costs is they'd have like way less wardrobe changes um and so they're like okay that's a great way to cut money it all takes place in one day done what day What's the scariest day of the month or of the year? Uh, Halloween. Halloween. And that's how it became Halloween. And they just like, huh. you know, because of budget, reduced it down to this 
perfect little capsule. Yeah, um, that's a great example of that. When you're forced to kind of reduce down to its like real DNA, cut down to it, it can help unlock some really cool things. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wears the same clothes. Okay, next. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this story is based on an experience John Carpenter had in college touring a psychiatric hospital. He met a child who stared at him with a look of evil that terrified him. Wow. Wow. Who is yeah. that? I don't know. Are they yeah. where are they now? How do we thank that 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 person, that kid? Hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I doubt you can. Um, and this is uh, <laughs> this is a longer one. This is my last bit of trivia, but I think this is the my favorite out of all of them. So as okay. the movie was actually shot in early spring in Southern California as opposed to Illinois in late October, the crew had to buy paper leaves from a decorator and paint them in the desired autumn colors then scatter them on the film locations. And to save money, after the scene was filmed, the leaves were meticulously collected and reused. So that, that's what's so funny is I remember watching this and I'd be like, wait a second, why does Illinois in October 31st look so green and lush, but there's leaves all around? You know, yeah, like when you watch the extra. <laughs> yeah, everything even is see like palm trees. There's even palm trees in some of the shots. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I never realized that. That is <laughs> also that's the only story anyone ever needs to know about filmmaking. That's it. That's that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Independent, wow. film, independent filmmaking. Because you know, if it was like big budget, they would just like strip everything that's green, and they would just bring you know. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, so we have one more person joining us who's just been kind of sitting and waiting. Uh, Colby Crow, our editor, I invited her on because she occasionally, for fun, around the fireside or uh, you know at parties, will do a tarot card reading. And I thought, you know, it's the beginning of the year; that'd be fun to do, and it'd be fun to do with someone we know. Um, so we got Colby here, and I'm going to start by asking her uh, what her favorite movie is, or scary movie, I should say. Hey, Colby. Hey. Guys. Oh my goodness. Um. Okay, so let's start with my. All right, all right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't pick favorites very well. Um, I'm a person that kind of loves a lot of things, and so it's hard for me to be like, but this one thing. The only favorite really I have is my favorite movie ever is Finding Nemo. <laughs> but it's not that um, scary. I guess it's scary to be lost. Okay, okay, yeah. For for a kid, <laughs> yes. But you guys named a lot of great ones. Halloween's amazing. The thing. I love those. I was just thinking about um, it, the new ones that came out, um, especially it chapter one that came out. I forget his name. What is the actor's name? From what the it? It Pennywise. What is oh, the wow, new? It's a um, uh, it's a Starsguard or Sarsgard. He is such a great actor, but let's see. I would say. A Quiet Place has been my my most recent, like, gets me spooked. I mean, That's, I think yeah. there's- uh, Krakowski? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's just those elements of like, since I've been getting into editing and diving into our stories, especially like haunting season and listening to things, it's like, I'll spend so much time in the day now just listening to sounds outside and then when you watch that movie you're just like oh my god there's absolutely nothing and then it's like something will just 
like come or spook you and it's oh it's amazing yeah my dogs would never survive in that environment (laughs) (laughs) they never did they bring that up in the movie at all like having dogs or having cats and being like Oh, no, no, I don't. I, don't, I think out of necessity, they were. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. You gotta just pretend like dogs and domesticated animals never existed in this movie, okay? I love that movie. And I, I love the It movies too. Um, I'm glad you brought them up. So, Colby and I, Cody, I don't know if you know this, but pre COVID, um, I don't really have many people who will go see scary movies with me. Uh, so, Colby is my scary movie person. And so we saw both the It movies in the theater and just like laughed hysterically through all of them. One, because it's so fun to be scared, but two, because there's like a great amount of like balance between comedy and ridiculousness and and being absolutely terrified in those movies. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the reboots, Cody. I saw the first one and uh, I really didn't care for the like the the original. All that much. I think it was on television. It was like a yeah, four the Tim Curry one. Yeah, um, and then I saw the one. I, I think I saw it in the theater, and it was it was it was better than I thought the the TV series was. But uh, but I I think I felt like it was like Stranger Things coming off yeah. of that you know success, and it was trying to. There was just a lot of. It was just very familiar, but it was it also had its scary parts. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know, like the thing, I love how creative that film got with like how many different, uh, like in the book, there are 39, I think 39 different forms that it takes. Um, And I think they nailed like 36 of them in between those two movies, Um, which, which is super cool. I love the idea of like something that can morph and change shapes. Yeah. Um, Colby, what makes the quiet place like, one of your top favorites? I mean, honestly, the, the, I mean, yeah, like any scary movie, it's the suspense of it all. The, the realization that, oh my God, if you put yourself in that situation, what would you do? Where would you be? How would you react? Like, I can't even, I have a huge like nurturing mother instinct that I, I, I can't, imagine being a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it close your ears (laughs) um being in a bathtub trying to be like there with this creature being a mother about to like birth your child and i'm i was it was just i mean (laughs) it it struck my soul (laughs) like oh my god and then having your other kids and just the element of the way the world has gotten so crazy, it's like, you know, that doesn't seem so far away now. So <laughs> yeah, anything can happen in 2021. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot, yeah. uh, Cody, I forgot the the one trivia question about uh, the Changeling real quick that I wanted to get your reaction on. They're doing a reboot in 2021. I heard that. And I heard like a July of, well, they were supposed to be doing it, but who knows if yeah. it's happening. Do you have some in, insider information on it? I, that's the only thing I know. I just know <laughs> that's all I've heard too. Is they were talking about it like July 2020, but then it's now it's you know it's a new year in July. You know 2020 is absolutely mayhem. So I'm pretty does sure the it's, idea does the idea of that make you sick to your stomach or like very excited? We'll have to see who's involved. Yeah. If okay. if it's uh you know um, Zach Efron and uh, you know actually. 
Well, You'd go with Zach Efron playing them, uh, you know, George C. Scott's character. He's doing a lot of cool things these days. So here's all some right, trivia. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if it's Shia LaBeouf, I'm 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 not gonna watch it. He's <laughs> he's on my shit list. Um, <laughs> so if it was okay. Jeff Goldblum, if it was Jeff Goldblum, I'm watching that. Uh, 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 <laughs> there's a child. What is this? What is this? Okay. Uh, oh, what is this? You have to watch it, Cole. Dead child. Uh, <laughs> so, Colby, some trivia I looked up on uh, A Quiet Place. So, uh, John Krasinski played the creature in a couple of scenes. Did you know that? He wore a motion caption suit to uh, to kind of help create the, the cadence of the creature. Absolutely did not know Weird. that. Mad respect. That's crazy. The first line of dialogue isn't spoken until 38 minutes into the film. I mean, I remember, I remember that it was like, okay, this is where we're going, but it, I, that's a long time. In order to connect with the characters, John Krasinski edited the first two cuts of the movie without any sound at all. And according to him, the whole movie could work perfectly without any sound whatsoever. Oh my gosh. Wild. Um, this one's really cool. So day 473 of the invasion is on October 3rd, which we find out in the movie somehow. Um, this means that the invasion started on June 17th, about two weeks before July 4th, which is why they have fireworks in their field. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so hot I love it. Um, okay, and then this one is a little bit of a spoiler, but these movies are great and it's not going to affect anything. So as Reagan visits the grave of their little brother, you can see 2016 to 2020 inscribed on the headstone, which means that the majority of this film takes place in 2021. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh. That's pretty freaky. Whoa. Oh my gosh. That is really freaking. So to just kind of shake off that juju a little bit, Colby, can you do some tarot card readings and we'll just see if we're screwed or not? I don't necessarily yeah. really know how tarot card readings work. I just thought it'd be fun. You know, honestly, I'm not a professional. I do this because I love it. It's fun. Um, I actually was going to read a couple of things. These are the two decks I have and I can let who all who's in our run up? Josh, you'll do one. Cody, you'll do one. Is Patrick doing one? You wish to do one for Patrick. Do one for Edgar. Where is it? Edgar. Edgar. I always Edgar put him over there, but now my microphone's on this side, so I moved him. <laughs> Hi, Eddie. He's so great. So yeah, do me first. Me first. Okay, Josh. So I have two decks. I'll let you okay. pick. And just for simplicity's sake, we're gonna do a one card reading because it's gonna get through yeah. everybody. I'll it's do the crow simple. tarot because of Colby Crow. That's, that's what I was gonna do. Great. Um, yeah. I so I guess I'll talk a little. I I wow. Yeah, I love animals a lot and nature. And so these both of these decks really resonated with me. This one totally jumped out at me. All I saw was like at a market, and I saw the eye. It was just so amazing, and I was like, "What is this? I want it. Is it a card game?" <laughs> I didn't know what it was, and I literally bought it. Um without knowing really what it was. It was just this whole beautiful world of exploration, you know, with cool. animals. And then the the Crow Tarot, um, I, my name is Colby Crow and my, I've always connected to crows in that way. And I think birds are really, really awesome. 
So Josh, the, um, I don't know if you saw, um, I posted on the stories for haunting season the other day. I found this shop that's like part museum, part shop up in um, uh, Burbank. Burbank. It's called like the bearded lady or something. And they have literally like, I don't know, 25 or 30 or 50 different kinds of decks there. Um, what? Yeah, I'll send you the info. No, not at all. Wow. Yes, that would be amazing. So, okay, I'm going to ask first, just kind of take a moment to yourself, take a deep breath. And then I wanted to ask if you have a specific question. We're doing a one card reading. So if you want to ask something, whatever you feel comfortable with. Okay. Do I put it, do I say it out um, loud or do I like internalize it? You know what? I like I don't like having strict rules. So if you want to ask personally to yourself, go for it. And then just hmm. let me know when you're ready. I'm going to ask. Um, is it supposed to be like a yes or no question? Or is it just oh. like an open? Oh, OK. Um, will, will, uh, will I be creatively fulfilled this year? <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Take a moment, sit silently, think about your question. I'm going to read something really quick that I love that she says. So this is The Crow Tarot by MJ Cullinan. Um, and something that really resonated with me was, I believe that we all, she says this, I believe that we all possess the answers to our life's questions. Everything we need to know is already within us. We only need to tap into those sources. With the use of the tarot cards, we have a direct channel to our higher self. When used correctly, tarot cards are less of a fortune-telling novelty than a useful tool to self-discovery. So I just wanted to like put that out there for everyone first. Just in case you pull the death card or something. Yeah. <laughs> and really, the death card isn't that bad. It just means like, oh, this is putting something to rest, right? Yeah. It's not like, I oh, love it's a death, death sentence. You love the death yeah. card? I do, I do, I genuinely do. Because I love change and starting over or something. I like dead things too. So. Yeah, great. I like, change. I like dead things. I'm, it has death on my shirt. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do a fun one. Uh, Josh, I'm actually going to hold the cards up and okay. I'm going to see if you want to like try to pick one from there. Okay. This is going to be impossible. Would you uh, like. I'm going to go on the one that your middle finger is touching from your left hand. Yeah. This guy's sticking out. I see it. I see it. Okay. All right. The Queen of Wands. Yes. Look at that beautiful card. It's upright. Ooh. That's me and my dogs. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to read straight from the book so we can keep it simple and everybody knows what's yeah, that's going great. on. That's great. Okay, so. Sorry, guys. I need some music. music. <laughs> Paul Abdul, you want some Paul Abdul? Oh my gosh, no, we're good. We are good. Okay, Josh. Yeah. Ready? The Queen of Wands, 
The Queen of Wands is a dominant creature sitting on her throne of lions. No one would accuse this bird of being demure. With a plan ready for success, the Queen of Wands often appears as bold, fearless, and determined. The Queen appreciates the potential each journey offers and takes the opportunity to learn something new about herself with every challenge. The energy of the Queen of Wands is healthy and agile as she moves through the world with a vibrant flair. With a taste for the best, this is one crow you won't find near the garbage cans as she uses her creativity, quick-witted mind to discern the finer things in life. Okay. All right. I love it. And if you want later, I can send you pictures of everything so you can just kind of let it percolate. Yeah. Nice. It's really cool. pretty. Okay. All right. All right. Who's next? Cody. All right. Um, so is Zach Efron going to be in uh, the reboot of The Changeling? Ooh. No, no, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll say, I'll say, will, will 20, will uh, the journey of 2021 be much more uh, happy? happier or uh, uh be of much more bliss than 2020 is there much more optimism in 2021 than 2020 the journey the journey if you will and i'll go we- i'll go with the spirit i i wanted to go with the crow i wanted to go with the crow because of your last name but, but since stole it. you since josh stole it i'll go with the animal all right i love i love both these decks they're both great so these I'm going to give a little backstory too. This isn't a traditional tarot deck. She, she, um, it's more guidance from the animals. So let me shuffle up for you. And then Cody, take a moment. Yeah. To, to breathe, sit for your second. Okay. Give me a moment. Allison Stoney says like the you. card is just going to say invasion. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what are we looking for this year? What what animal has a message for Positive us? Positive vibrations. Um, just uh, going uh, head first and going, uh, being fearless and being strong and being hopeful and being... Um, accepting and loving and caring and nurturing and uh, going. So so I got to pick a card here. If you want, if you want, I can pull one. I just kind of want to, but you've got the card. You're you can see the cards, right? I I can see them, but I'm not looking and I'm going to actually. Okay. I'll go. I'll go with you. I'm going to let you, uh, this is, this is going to be on you now, Colbs. All right. I've already saved everything. We're good. Okay. Okay, so this is for Cody's question. All right. Deer. Okay. So I'm headlights. (laughs) (laughs) Deer's hunted. Deers are shot. They are great. (laughs) Um, yeah, I've got to read this one I don't get pulled often. Oh, really? I'm interested. I actually don't know this one by heart very well. So I'm interested to read as well. So it's pretty cool. She divides um, hers up 
into the alchemy symbol elements. So earth, water, air, and fire, and spirit. So this is an earth, an earth symbol. So what I'm going to do is read you what the deck of earth represents, and then specifically the deer. So earth, creatures of the field and the forest. Oh, by the way, this is Kim Cran's deck. Um, the suit of the survival and instinct. Okay. The creatures represent our relationship to fears and habits. In general, the creatures of this suit are grounded, dependable, and supportive. However, since they are so drawn to routine, they often become stuck in their ways. Several earth cards indicates that consciousness remains rooted in the material plane, or as referred to in yoga terms, the gross realm. This means practical concerns are at the forefront of the mind, money, home, work, and family, not leaving room for much else. Movement and exercise are especially helpful to counter the stagnation or stuckness that can accompany excess earth element. Okay, so that kind of so now, sound good. No, it's okay. It can be great. It's movement. It sounds okay. like being stuck. It sounds like being like, you know, like, oh, geez, I'm so concerned about the like, money. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, my house. Oh, geez. Everything that's, you know. Awakening to say, okay, we need to pay attention to these things in the way of for your journey in 2021. Okay. The deer specifically. Ready? Yes. Cody, I don't know. I don't know about Come this. Come on, dear. Come on, dear. Don't let me down. Okay. Oh, the dear. dear. Loving, intuitive, graceful, the mother. So the deer represents the feminine aspects of earth energy. This energy is available to all creatures, regardless of gender, but is especially potent in new parents. During the first few days, they are fully present, nurturing, and calm. Their inner beauty radiates and a sense of grace calms the room. A dear personality affects others in this way, drawing them towards a quiet tenderness. The dear card may appear when a birth or celebration of new life draws near, or when a situation calls for absolute gentleness and compassion. Wow. Whoa. I would say 2021 needs some gentleness and some compassion for sure. And new life. New life. <laughs> yes. So... Um, I love that Kim Kranz writes down here. She speaks of ways to bring yourself, your energy back into balance. And when you feel out of balance, how you feel. And um, yeah, so when, when you're in balance, you are receptive, compassionate, and nurturing. When out of balance, you feel concerned or protective. To bring back into balance, nature and children. Yeah. Right on the point. I mean, right. Yeah, I would say this year needs a lot of gentleness and compassion and understanding. Cody Absolutely. Mafia Sergeant says, congrats, you're a mother. And uh, Patrick says, you're going to be a great mom. <laughs> oh, you are going to be a great mom. I'm working on it. Yeah, I really mean that, Cody. I believe in you. By the way, I'm still here just in voice form only. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, Patrick, you can you can boot me and put yourself up, or you can just be audio. But it's uh, we'll do one last tarot reading. Sorry, Edgar. We got um, it. We got oh, it. Sorry, Edgar. Didn't one last to tarot reading you. before we wrap this up. We're we're just over an hour, which uh, I really thought this was going to be like twenty minutes worth of content. 
and maybe should have been. We'll we'll find out later. But I, I have been wondering about what my question should be. If we're there, I got it. I, I don't know if you're ready for that, Colby. Yes, I am ready for you. Oh, but first, as, deck. Sorry, which deck would you like? Oh, um, what's in your left hand right now? Spirit animal. <laughs> Spirit animal, it is. Okay. All right. All right. And, so here's my question. Yes. This seems like a year. Like Josh just teed up, it might be the year that the the the, the quiet place creatures take over. So that's kind of <laughs> terrifying. Shaun of the Dead has more relevance, also terrifying. Wednesday, watch the news, also terrifying. So my question <laughs> is, how do I avoid becoming a zombie or otherwise undesirable creature in the year 2021? I love this question. Thank you. So you're not worried oh. about being devoured by any of them. You're worried about becoming one of them. Yeah, because if I'm devoured, I go pretty quick and I can deal with that. But I don't really want to contribute to the whole, you know, per perpetuation of the death. I love that. I love that question and how you worded it. Um, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's sit for a second. Doing that? Allison asked if anyone saw the cube and uh, I will one up you say cube two hypercube is the better of the entire trilogy. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how to type back in the chat, so I'm just taking moments to <clears throat> take moments. Take your moments. I have some knowledge. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Patrick asking, mm -hmm. take a deep breath, concentrate on yourself. You can call to whatever you know, God, universe, you, your own intentions, your own energy, whatever universe, all the things. Anything is okay. okay. Um. And all right, I'm going to draw a card for Patrick. Just remember the one we talked about. <laughs> Woo. Okay, fire sign, scorpion. Whoa. So this is, um, I'll read you what fire element scene, um, kind of cool change. So so what is the scorpion telling us? So the fire, the fire element, the creatures of the desert and grasslands, the creatures of the fire element lead us towards change. They represent the ego and they challenge us to become our best selves. Although these cards appear more frequently when conflict or discomfort is present, the heat, the heat they emit is the elixir of our transformation. Several fire cards indicates that the heat is on. It's time of action and change. Deadlines and demands are around every turn, but it's all in the name of growth. You'll look back on this in awe of all that has, you have accomplished. When all else fails, remember that fire is the only thing that transforms darkness into light. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so good card. That's yeah, the deck. I'm gonna I'm let's see, hold on. That's fire? But that is the fire, yes, the fire grouping. So there's a lot of different cards within the fire. Okay, so yeah. So 20, good start. 20, yeah. 2020 so, burnt us to the ground. Right. right? And so now we find out what happens next. <laughs> wow, good story. Okay. Come on, you, Scorpion. I know, like I got a good feeling about Scorpion. I'm a Scorpio, so I'm going with it. So am I. Wait, what, what if it just <laughs> hold on sorry 
We've all got pretty back-to-back birthdays, uh, Cody, me, and Patrick. Yeah, that's true. Although I'm a Sagittarius, so I, you know, I, I'm on the other side of the the Scorp fence. Yeah. There, and at least it starts right. with an S. That is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I draw the line in in cosmetology or whatever it is. <laughs> cosmetology. <laughs> Scorpion. Okay. Oh yeah. So specifically, right. Passionate. Competitive tends towards isolation. Mm. The scorpion is a passionate and determined creature. Their career is very important to them, as are a few select friends. Sometimes the scorpion's heat festers and they focus on an unresolved event from the past, usually a situation where they were left feeling burned. The scorpion card says it's time to come clean about your feelings so everyone can heal and you can get back to your usual fiery but fun self. Wow. When 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 in balance. Oh my god. Okay. Wild and free and fierce. When you're feeling out of balance, you're jealous, resentful, you may feel unresolved ish things to bring back into balance. Honesty and forgiveness. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Man, Patrick, you pulled some cards, bro. Heck of a pull. Yeah. All right. I got a lot to get done. I'm going to be proud later. And I think that's a beautiful question of an answer for like everyone to kind of like check in with yourself and make sure communication is there and, you know, not letting anything unresolved go sitting as far as like i just try to stew as much as possible and just try to keep it and just bury it he's advising otherwise (laughs) known as the volcano yeah um (laughs) no that's great colby i had no idea what it would mean to have you uh read tarot cards on you know i don't even really know much about them and this was a really i feel like left us in a really great spot i want to end things by showing you something i found today on my computer, there are a couple of people watching on the live and there will be people who uh, regularly watch my episodes who uh, have, they they were fans in 2013. Fans feels like weird because I'm not famous, but they love the show since 2013 um, and they know exactly what this is uh, probably from the moment that I press play. And I just wanted to show that this is here. And I just got word from someone that uh, it's okay to share. It's just a very short little. Um... So let's go. Let's do this. You guys, this is Hilltop. Up ahead of you is Hilltop. Right now, the camera can't see it. It's a five, five stories. Scariest place ever. We're going inside the basement. We're gonna go up through, up through all the metal staircases. Can't go in the attic because it's wood. So I found all the hilltop footage. Oh, thank God! I thought you were gonna break out something where I was like, "Hey, here's me at the Capitol." Yeah. (laughs) And we're back to politics. No more politics. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, my friend Guy um, had. I had this footage up on the channel for a while and um, my friend guy asked me to take it down because of the job that he had. Um, and he recently reached back out and was like, I'd love to see it again. And, you know, my situation has changed a little bit. 
I wouldn't mind if you posted some of it again. So uh, there's going to have to be a little bit of editing and stuff. But I, uh, Cody, I think Wait, does he have a job? Does he? Does the guy need a job? Wait, what about no, that? no, no. He's good. He's good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I quit my job so you can put this up. Is what I've done. I've sacrificed. That's what I was think, gathering. I think I've mentioned in the past. It's like he's now unemployed. I, I had there's broken a it into me. like. I had broken it into like eight different parts, and they were like, you know. I don't know how long the whole video is. It's like over an hour. So I think we should break it down into the exciting pieces and not just the like the cursing and looking around. Um, break it into the exciting pieces. And Cody, uh, I should have you watch it. And we should. Oh do my it, like, god, I'd love to. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, Thank yeah. Because I, I even got this one message today. I I said I was going to end it, but then now I want to read this. Um, <laughs> where is it? I screen. Okay, uh, so this was when we posted the um, the archive episode of the Hilltop Story. Uh, this person, Aria Oreo Transania, uh, commented. Literally, I remember years ago when the actual footage of Hilltop was on this channel. I was quite young back then, and I watched it religiously until it got taken down, and I never saw it again. I was convinced that it never existed, and that I just imagined it until you confirmed it that it actually does exist. So wow. like, it's coming, Oreo. I can't wait. Twenty twenty one already. I love those, yeah. those cards you pulled, Pat. This is everything that had to do with it. Jeez, Guys, this is the way we needed to end this week. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> thanks everybody for watching, um, and thanks for the people who are here live. I've been you know reading through the chat, and I appreciate all of you so much. It's been so fun to watch that happening while trying to. Uh, host a show about literally just scary movies we like. Uh, thanks to Colby and Patrick and Cody and my uh, death to pizza shirt and also to Edgar the Ghost. And we'll see you guys next week. We've got Nuzo Uno, who's the queen of African horror. It's a really awesome episode. I can't wait for you to see it. See ya.